If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me hey everyone, welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. Today, I have my friend Mikey Kim on as we talk week 15 of the NFL season. Mikey is a huge fan of the show and a huge Eagles fan. So we start off by talking about the Eagles. We talk about the NFC playoff picture. Then we talk AFC playoff picture. And we try to break down and see who ends up, who we think is going to the AFC and NFC playoffs. And uh, we try to decide who has the best chances of moving on um, in week 16 and week 17. And as this playoff picture crystallizes, it'll be interesting to see which teams kind of put a stranglehold on their playoff spot and which teams end up faltering. So we handicap the playoff picture there and we give our predictions as to see as to who ends up making the playoffs. So give this a listen. Um, and thanks for listening, guys. So let's give my friend Mikey a call. Hey, Kevin. Nice to hear from you. How are you? Hey, Mikey. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm super excited to have our number one fan on the pod. <laughs> and today we're talking about week 15 of the NFL season. I can't believe it's already week 15 and the playoff race is really shaping up right now. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I take that title seriously. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for, for a while now. Uh, I mean, this podcast is great for someone that's like a sports junkie like me, you know, touching from football to soccer to NBA. Um, you guys just cover everything that interesting to me so you know any, anyone that's that really loves sports i think would really love this podcast so yeah i'm excited to be here there's a lot that happened this past weekend so let's yeah. go ahead and talk about it yeah i know i'm gonna definitely take that sound bite and just play it in the beginning of our podcast as as <laughs> advertisement for how good our podcast is so thanks for all that <laughs> praise um and we're really excited to have you on so mikey here is a Huge, huge, huge Eagles fan. So obviously last year he was extremely excited about them making their run to the Super Bowl um, with Nick Foles and all of that. And it, there's some a bit of deja vu going on this year, especially with Carson Wentz coming out with a back injury and Nick Foles comes on in and he ends up beating the, the Rams this weekend. And I think a lot of people weren't expecting something like that to happen. So as an Eagles fan, what were your thoughts watching that game, watching Nick Foles coming in and, and basically looking like what he looked like last year on their way to the Super Bowl? Man, that, so coming into the game, I mean, even as an Eagles fan, of course, I was very apprehensive. You know, we're going against probably one of the, the best teams in the league right now uh, in the now new Los Angeles Rams. So I have to admit, like, I, I knew without Carson Wentz, you know, coming in with, with Nick Foles under center, um, kind of banged up, uh, I, I was nervous as hell. You know, like, I, I was not expecting a, a win. I, I just wanted it to be a good game, to be honest, um, coming from a fan from, from that side. 
Um, so, you know, having Nick Foles go out there and, and do what he did, you know, like he, I wouldn't say he was amazing, but I mean, he, I think he showed a lot of poise in the position that he was in. Um, you know, having been in that position last year where he took over the reins late in the season and gave him that miracle, miracle, yeah, that miracle ride into, you know, the promised land of winning them the Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, it, it was quite a sight to see. Really nail-biting game there. Went down to the wire. Um, happy as hell that, that we pulled off the win there. Um, and, you know, I hope we build upon that momentum there. And, and it's actually more surprising to me is, is how the Rams kind of fell apart. I don't know. How did you kind of see that game unfolding? I know. I th- I think one of the things that really impressed me about Nick Foles, and I don't, I don't know what it – I haven't watched the Eagles that much this season other than a, bu- a bunch of clips and highlights here and there. But it seems like Nick Foles is just kind of gets this offense going downfield in comparison to what Carson Wentz does with the offense. Um, they were talking about all these stats with how well Nick Foles is utilizing Alshon Jeffrey down the field in terms of 20-plus yard pass plays. Um, I think there were three of them yesterday or during the game on Sunday. And I think Alshon had like three in the past, like seven weeks with Carson Wentz or something like that. And it just kind of shows how it seems like um, Foles tends to take a lot more shots down the field, or I don't know if that's how Peterson likes to call the game with that um, or the way the defense was playing for the Rams, but it seems like, they're pushing the ball a little bit more downfield. And then once they're in the red zone, they're, they're utilizing their running game pretty well with Smallwood um, uh, taking some of those carries into the end zone. So I was pretty impressed with the, the Eagles offense and it didn't seem like they kind of didn't seem like they missed a beat at all. Um, what really surprised me was Jared Goff um, for the Rams and especially with that banged up secondary for the Eagles, um, them like starting, 13 different guys in the secondary. It just seems like Jared Goff would have been able to take more advantage of all the stuff, all the injury problems that the Eagles have been having. And he wasn't able to do that for large portions of the game. And it's, I think it's a super troubling stat for the Rams against playoff caliber teams the past two weeks against the Chicago bears. And then against the Eagles now that, Jared Goff has like seven turnovers um, combined, six interceptions. So that's got to be a huge concern. I don't know if you thought the same things that I saw in the um, in Jared Goff, but what were your thoughts on the Rams' offense in general? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I guess I have to give kudos to the preparation on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles in being able to stifle Jared Goff like that. Um, I thought he would have a pretty good day. Uh, pretty good night, actually, going into the game. Um, Todd Gurley seemed to be back. He was running well. I thought with Todd Gurley's performance, you know, other than the week before, I think Todd Gurley had a pretty bad week, if I recall, in mm-hmm. week 14. Um, so him coming back and, you know, getting, I think I think he averaged like four yards to carry last, last the previous night. So um, performing well, I thought would open up the passing game for golf. But, I mean, he, he did get a lot of yards. I did see, you know, some, some plays here and there. But overall, he didn't have much success in terms of turning that into points. 
Um, right, right. You know, zero, zero TDs. He had, he had an interception. I mean, Nick Foles, I think, also had an interception. So it wasn't pretty – it wasn't pretty in the air in terms of scoring, but I think they made some significant plays, you know, especially Nick Foles with, with the big plays to Alshon Jeffrey, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was surprising to see. And one thing that you said that I picked up on as well is something to do with, with how Nick Foles approaches the game or how he approaches the, the scrimmage line. He's, I don't know if, it, if it's just that he's a veteran. He's been in, in these spots like this many times before. He's not, you know, he doesn't succumb to the pressure of the bright lights and everything. He, he's he been on a bigger stage. Um, but he was able to, to find his rhythm and uh, and do enough to win the game. Um, so that, that was great to see. But, yeah, I think the Rams have a long – I think they need to take a long, hard look at themselves in terms of how they're going to perform – um, for this next crucial games coming up, because uh, to see them fall off is, is going to be quite the storyline if, if they don't progress far into the playoffs. Right, and I mean, I think it'll—they should be able to wrap up that second seed in the NFC. But if they end up flipping up against the Cardinals or the 49ers in the last two weeks of the season, and then the Bears end up winning out, then the Bears would get that second seed, and then the Rams wouldn't even have a bye. Um, in the in the playoffs, so I think that's got to be somewhat concerning for Rams fans, and the fact that they lost the two playoff caliber teams in the past two weeks, um, especially when team you'd kind of like to see teams perform well going into January and playing well in December. So that's got to be concerning um, itself, just to see some of the struggles that they're going through. Now, I guess I, I did want to talk to you about the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles because the Eagles for the last two weeks, they have a tough matchup against the Texans next week. And then they have a pretty tough matchup against the Redskins. Although the Redskins are like on their third, fourth quarterback. So if you were to rate your, the chances for the Eagles to possibly make the playoffs sneak in. um, I mean, they still have a shot at even making uh, winning the NFC East. What, how, like how confident are you feeling um, going into the next two weeks um, or the last two weeks of the season in terms of the Eagles playoff chances? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great question. Cause I know two nights ago, like before the Sunday night, sorry, before the Monday night game with the Panthers. So the Panthers just lost to the saints, uh, which was a huge step for the Eagles playoff picture, uh, mm-hmm. particularly. Um, and and I know up to that game, leading up to that game, there was 11, I counted, there was 11 playoff scenarios for the Eagles uh, to get to the Super Bowl. So we can take out a bunch because now we've that game has been final. Panthers have lost. So with that said, uh, in order for the Eagles to move on and, and realistically where I see them, I, I think 2-0 to, to finish out is very, it's, it's possible. Uh, I, I think I think there's a good chance of it. Actually, um, there's also a good chance, of course, of them finishing one and one. I would be deathly shocked if they if they cannot get a win uh, in these next two games. Uh, but having said that, uh, what am I looking for in terms of their scenarios here? Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at to see how Dallas performs. You know, with them, I think Dallas has the Bucks 
and the Giants still left on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, this is this is this is why the late season is so exciting. Uh, you never know how teams will prepare for these types of games. You don't know if they're going to be on their backs and just let some rookies get some playing time in, kind of give up on the season already a bit, and just have just see how the, the young guys step up and see what they do. Rest, you know, give rest to the older guys if they're complete. If they don't think they're going to make the playoff picture at all. Um, I I envision that Seattle will bounce back. So there, there are definitely a couple of scenarios that get knocked out just in my mind playing as to how I think the picture will unfold. Because mm-hmm. um, Seattle, I'm looking at them. They have Kansas City and Arizona, like you said. Uh, I think they can win out in at least win out in Arizona. And then Kansas City, of course, that's going to be a tough game. For them, yeah, that's gonna be that's always gonna be a tough game going against yeah. the homes. But I mean, I think my thoughts on all of that are: I think the Eagles actually have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. Um, because even if you look at the Vikings, the Vikings have the Bears in that last week of the season. So even if the Vikings go one and one, that puts them at eight, seven, and one, and then I. For me, I think the Eagles are pretty much in. They don't really want to lose a game to kind of chance it because then it would require right. a lot of other help um, for from other teams. So if the Eagles can get the two wins, and it's possible that the Vikings go one and one, it's also possible that um, some of these other teams slip up here, see the Seahawks or the Cowboys. But I think realistically, what as as an Eagles fan, what I'd be rooting for would be Eagles going two and zero, obviously. And then the best shot for me, looking looking at all of this, is to see if the Vikings could go one and one, which is entirely possible with them beating the Lions and them losing to the Bears, because I think the Bears are going to have enough to play for in that last week of the season, just because. If they end up winning and the Rams lose, then they would jump up to the second seed and have a bye in the playoffs. So I think that's a total, a huge, a good possibility of something like that happening. And I'm just really excited to to witness everything unfold. And you did mention talking about Seattle and the Cowboys and where they are in the playoff race, but they had two, both of them had shocking losses this week. Um, the Seahawks had a little bit more of a shocking loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And I mean, they were playing so well over the past couple of weeks of the season that it, I don't think a lot of people saw something like that coming where they would lose in overtime to Nick Mullins. Um, were there, were, are there any thoughts on that game from your point of view on like why some of these teams are losing just like, or like putting up goose eggs in like extremely important games. And then, and then the Cowboys ended up losing 23 to zero to the Colts. So that can't be encouraging for a lot of Cowboys fans and Jason Garrett fans either. Yeah. You know, you make a great point. I think in that Seahawks game, I mean, to see the Niners come out on top at, at the end of, at the end of that game was, was really surprising to me. 
Um, the Seahawks, it looked like, you know, traditionally they've always been very strong on defense. They pride themselves on how well they play that side of the ball. Uh, when I was watching the game, I didn't watch too closely, but I was watching some highlights of it. I saw a lot of broken plays. I saw a lot defensively where they weren't as solid as you would expect that team to be. So I think in terms of how you want to finish out and how, you, especially this crucial, this crucial home stretch here, uh, it's not really about how well you play during the season. It's pretty much how well you pl- play right now, because this is where if the right team gets hot, they can take it all the way and, and win it all, right? Uh, right, and, right. And a team like Seattle is is very much on the wrong side of the head right now uh, with how they're playing. And, yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple of receivers on, in my fantasy leagues that, that on the Seahawks roster I had, I had uh, was it Tyler Lockett? Uh, they didn't show anything. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't even want to talk tough. about even fantasy this week, I was in my semifinals and I ended up putting up like the biggest crap because I ended up scoring the lo- least amount of points I did all year um, this this week. And I was the number two seed, ended up losing. So <laughs> that was extremely frustrating for me. Um, just having Aaron Jones and Lamar Miller show nothing for me. So that was extremely frustrating this week. But yeah, I mean, that I think I think Seattle's offense is very run heavy at this point and very dependent mm-hmm. on the run. And if teams are able to stop the run against Seattle, it puts a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson because that I think that line struggles to pass block. And if they're if you're able to get pressure on Russell Wilson and be able to contain him within the pocket and have him make decisions there then it becomes a lot harder for that team to move move the ball down the field. And then on the other side of the ball for them, um, defensively, it's it's like a new era, and they're moving away from that legion of boom, and mm-hmm. you can kind of throw on this team. It's not a team that's extremely, extremely stout defensively um, on the outside, um, you can throw on these cornerbacks. It's it's not a, it's not the Seattle defense that we've thought of like five years ago. So I think that it's a very different type of thing, type of team, and they're putting a lot more um, pressure on Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, and none, none of these games were pretty. I mean, even the ones that we just discussed before with the the Eagles and Rams game. I mean, there was no touchdowns thrown in the air. Uh, both yeah. quarterbacks just had, you know, I think, I think Jared Goff had over 300 yards passing, uh, zero TDs, one interception. Uh, Nick Foles was kind of the same thing, like 200 something yards, zero TDs, one interception, same thing. And then in that 49ers game, I mean, Nick Mullins, he, I mean, he did just enough. I mean, he, he, he had he had thrown one TD, uh, 275 yards. I'm looking at the box score just now. Um, to secure that victory, so yeah, you're right. I think I think overall this past week was a really low scoring week in terms of <laughs> looking at everyone's fantasy rosters. Yeah, uh, I just know. Like, <laughs> just seeing, seeing like everyone have barely 100 points or sub 100 point score just because everyone's stars did not perform that well at all. Yeah. It was a tough week and, and a week where I think defense really shined. And Agreed. Yeah, it, it's going to be. 
it's going to be it is it is a pretty much a fresh fresh point in the season here where we're seeing a lot of changes and just seeing who can catch fire and and just perform above what they're expected to be. Yeah, I mean, you could throw in that Cowboys. That Cowboys team looked yep. like trash on Sunday. Um, it was just like Dak Prescott. This this was the team that we saw before, like all they went on that win streak and there was all that hype. This was the exact mediocre type of team that we're that we're witnessing. And you know, Amari Cooper changed that a little bit, but it didn't seem like he was anywhere to be found really on Sunday. Um, Indianapolis shut them down. And I think there was just a couple things for Dallas that went wrong for them, for them. And it kind of changed the trajectory of the game, like them going down and they were, they're marching the ball ball down um, to the Indianapolis half. There were just key moments where they weren't able to convert on fourth down. And you'd expect like on fourth and short, they'd be able to convert with, Ezekiel Elliott and he'd right, be able to get right. some of the yardage but there were just moments where they weren't able to convert on those uh plays and I mean I think a p- part of that was two of their guards were out um so that offensive line was a little bit hurt and what I would have liked to see in those situations is kind of put Prescott in run pass option so kind of keeps the defense guessing a little bit because it's pretty easy, especially after the first time they fail on those fourth and short plays with Zeke. Like, you got to change it up a tiny bit, especially with that hurt offensive line struggling. Um, that That's my thought. I mean, they missed the field goal on the first drive of the game. They ended up fumbling on their next possession. And it just, after that, it was really tough for them to recover. And they went down like 17 zips. Um, so it just seemed like they were just never able to get into the game against Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, with with Dak Prescott, I don't know what it is. If there's if there's a lack of confidence now in his ability to kind of be the general of the field there, like I'm not seeing, I'm, I'm seeing already a decline in him in terms of production wise. Uh, so over the his past extens- couple of years, right? So his extension ends up is kind of coming up, and there's a lot of talk of whether he's going to get an extension or not. Like, if you were Jerry Jones, would you give him an extension to sign him long term? Because I think there's a lot of talk of whether or not you would sign a quarterback like that. Yeah, you know, if I was Jerry Jones, I'd probably just quit and get out of the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Doing everyone a lot lot of favor. Yeah, (laughs) if you're doing a lot of people a favor here, but no, to be to be honest, like how to predict Jerry Jones? I do think he's a pretty loyal, loyal owner. I think he sticks by his 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 players. I think I think the reputation he has is he's he's pretty much a players GM, players owner. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gets in very close with the long, you know, with, with all his quarterbacks and his offensive stars. Um, I, I think he actually will, uh, stick by, stick by Dak, just like he stuck by Jason. I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't expect Jason Garrett to land to last this long. As a yeah. Coach. I think I he mean, took I over would, interim. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was about to say, like, I have a joke, ongoing joke on the podcast with a lot of my, a lot of my, um, guests when we talk NFL 
um, that Jason Garrett must have like the like the biggest I don't know dirt on Jerry Jones because <laughs> of how many chances Jason Garrett gets over and over again from Jerry Jones, and it seems like mm-hmm. Jerry turns a blind eye to him whatever he does, and and I don't know what it is that. Jason Garrett has on Jerry Jones, but it seems like it's something huge because he keeps on continuing to hold on to that job. And I have no idea why for this mediocre performance. So I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I don't know if Jason Garrett's a really good coach or not. It looks like he's going to lead them to the NFC East crown, especially with the games that they have. In the, in the next two weeks against the Bucks and the Giants, who are both out of playoff contention. But you just yep. never know. I mean, they put up a stinker against Indianapolis. Granted, Indianapolis is in, in, in the thick of the playoff race, so we don't know if it was just an off day. But I'm kind of curious to see how they come up against Jameis next week in Tam- um, against Tampa Bay. Yeah, that... That Tampa Bay team has been, has been. I mean, just in my recent memory, it's been very on and off. Um, we had yep. the whole, they had that whole hot start with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yes, yeah, exactly. Fitzpatrick taking the first one, the first four games of the season, and just lighting up the scoreboard. And mm-hmm. there was a whole, you know, media created controversy on. Okay, who are you going to start now? Pat Fitzmagic has been playing so well for you guys. Do you think about maybe sitting? Jameis Winston, even when he's eligible to come back to play on the field, just because, you know, you go with the hot hand approach. Uh, but, you know, that kind of fizzled out and everything, and we are where we are today. Um, and with Tampa Bay, you're right. I, I mean, this this is why this whole playoff picture gets interesting, because you don't know how teams are going to approach this game. Uh, if, they're, right. if they're already mathematically out, you know, are they going to play hard or are they going to go a different route? Um, you don't know, but I do think you bring up a good point. I think in terms of the NFC East, with the Cowboys having the Bucks on their schedule and the Giants, they probably had the easiest, you know, path to the playoffs there. And I don't know how do you how do you think the Tampa Bay team will take this next game and prepare for it? Do you think they're gonna? I mean, do you think I they think relish gonna, in the fact of ruining someone off the season, or do you think they're gonna? I think they're you know, gonna lay down. It. I think they're going to play hard just by the fact that Dirk Cutter, who's the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seems to be on the hot seat. So if he wants to keep his job, it seems like he's going to have to win out just to show some type of progress with this team. So I don't think they're going to just be laying down and develop, trying to develop the young guys just because the job security isn't there for Cutter. So he's going to be coaching his ass off to save his job. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I would expect them to come out really tough and they don't have anything to lose. So I think they will be a little bit more free and taking, um, some chances down the field, maybe go, go for it on fourth down, maybe when they normally wouldn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the type of aggressive mentality that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out with. So Mikey, I did want to ask, ask you, uh, before we transition into the AFC, what your NFC six playoffs teams looks like um, ranked from or seeded one through six as it stands today. So if you had okay. to choose your six playoff teams and seeded from one to six, 
how would you see them right now? Ooh, okay. So I think, I think in my mind, the first two don't even change despite how we, how last week had played out. So in the NFC, number one for me would be the Saints. I think they're mm-hmm. probably the most complete team in the NFL that I, that I'm seeing right now, um, playing out. I think, you know, they have a veteran in Drew Brees. They have the, the run game with Kamara. They have, a plethora of wide receivers that Breeze can throw to. Like, they're just, I think they can just fire on all cylinders there. So Saints, for me, is number one. Uh, number two, even despite the loss, I, I still, if I'm just ranking and being honest and objective here, I still rank the Rams as number two okay. coming in behind. And then this middle part is where it gets, it can just go either way. So with the Saints and Rams up top, one and two, uh, I, I see – the Bears as my number three. I think they have a lot to play for. I think Mitch, Mr. Trubisky is coming a long way. And I think I, I'm seeing him progress throughout the season in terms of types of throws that he's making and how he's performing. So I put the Bears as number three. And I put the the Vikings actually as, as number four. And that, was, I think, for me, is largely based upon how Seattle – couldn't finish. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think Seattle is going on the wrong way of of trying to play right during this time period to to keep hot and to perform better. So I put the Vikings as number four, and then I put the Eagles there at number five. I had to I think I think with Big Dick Nick coming in. Let's go, and, Big Dick Nick. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's you know he's been there. He's done this last year. I think he has all the confidence. And he's got the personnel around him. He's got the same coach that was there with him last year. So I put him in there at number five. And then number six, uh, number six, I'm going to have to give it to the Seahawks. I think they, I think they're, I think they're talented. They're just, they're just underperforming. Um, So I I think if they, if they, I think, I think they're talented enough to be, in the playoffs, I have to say yes to that. So I have to put them in at number six. Um, how do you think it plays out? What, what do you, where are you putting these teams? Pretty interesting. Maybe there's some eagle bias because no <laughs> Cowboys are to be seen at all. Um, I mean, I have the, I have pretty similar top three. I have the Saints, the Rams, and then the Bears one, two, and three. Um, okay. And that's how that's how it sits in the standings right now. Um, I I think. I think the Saints, we didn't talk about them um, earlier on, but it was a 12-9 game against the Panthers. So I think they've been struggling a little bit offensively in the second half of the season. Especially For some reason, it seems like Breeze hasn't been able to feel comfortable in the pocket. And he hasn't been, I don't know, he just hasn't looked the same in comparison to what he looked like in the beginning of the season, but I still have them at number one. Uh, the Rams at number two for all the reasons that we've talked about, and they have an easy schedule to finish out. Um, yep. So I have them at, seated at number two. Number three out of the Bears, um, I think they have a two-game lead over the Seahawks and the Cowboys for the third seed, so I'm pretty comfortable putting them there. Um, I have the Cowboys at in the fourth seed as of now wow. because of the mm-hmm. opponents because of the opponents that they have um um left 
um, Bucks and then the Giants. I think they should be able to win, um, go one and one at least. And I do believe they hold the tiebreaker over the Eagles. So yeah. even if they get sure. tied at nine and seven, then it goes to the Cowboys. So all the Cowboys have to do is win one game against the Bucks and the Giants to be able to make the playoffs. Um, so I feel pretty confident that they're able to do that, which is crazy that I'm putting my trust in Jason Garrett. So um, <laughs> I feel like those words are going to bite me in the ass if in a couple weeks when they end up losing both games. Um, so I have them ranked number four. Um, the fifth seed, I do have the Seahawks at – at number five. Um, okay. I'm not mad at that, too. Yeah, I think they're a super talented team. Um, they just need to kind of – and it's going to be a struggle next week against the Chiefs. Um, I think they might lose that game, but they have an easy one to finish out the year against the Cardinals. So, And the Cardinals aren't going to have much to play for anyway. So I expect them to go at least one and one, finish nine and seven. And I think you'll be happy about this, but I think the Eagles end up being the sixth seed. Um, <laughs> and I think it's going to be a fascinating game between them and the Bears, uh, third and sixth seed um, in that first round of the playoffs, if it goes the way that I predict. Because I think, I just kind of believe in, I just believe in Nick Foles. I think, and this, is, this might be a super hot take that you might hear on ESPN, but for some reason, I believe in Nick Foles more than Carson Wentz at this point. <laughs> and like at a certain point, Carson Wentz becomes injury prone because he's been hurt. His back's been hurt this year. Last year mm-hmm. it was the ACL. So I don't know. Like it, I think that management and Howie Roseman have a really fascinating decision to make in the off season in terms of, if Foles is able to guide them into the playoffs and let's say wins a couple of games, gets them to the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl, how do you let someone that valuable go regardless of how much he costs? I think that would be extremely hard to determine, but we still have the rest of the season to play out. So I have the Eagles six spot over the Vikings because I don't, I think the Vikings end up going one and one, and I think the Eagles can go two and zero and beat the Texans and beat the Redskins. So um, it'll be fascinating to watch what happens in the NFC. So let's transition to the AFC. Talk about the AFC playoff race. Um, I think so. That Thursday night game, the Chargers and the KC. It was a while ago, almost a week now, but. If you remember from that game, Phil Rivers ended up guiding that Chargers team on a game-winning touchdown drive, and then they end up going for two. The balls that they have for Anthony Lynn to go for, yes. Yes. for two. Mm-hmm. I like the call, and Mike Williams just torched the Chiefs defense during that game, and he ended up catching that two-point conversion. He was super wide open. like There was nowhere, no one near him. Um, on that two-point conversion. And I was really impressed by the Chargers. And for to remind the listeners, I actually have the Chargers winning or winning the AFC and being that number one seed. So I'm kind of oh, expecting wow. 
I'm expecting the Chiefs to kind of trip up against the Seahawks next week, um, and we'll see what ends up happening. But I'm expecting them to trip up and for the Chargers to go 2-0 and to finish out the year and um, take that number one seed. But I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see what ends up happening with um, the Chiefs and Mahomes and whether or not they can bounce back quickly from this because the game is in Seattle next week. And we all know that it's extremely tough to play um, in Seattle with the 12th man, um, with that crowd going crazy and everything like that. So what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the game in general? And then maybe just who, which team you like better if they, in terms of like, maybe not finishing as the, who who would be the one seed, because it seems like KC has it pretty wrapped up, but I, I mean, for me, I'm trusting Philip Rivers over Mahomes, regardless of how good of a season Mahomes has had this year. And I just yeah. think that I just think that Chargers team is a little bit more well-rounded defensively, um, with in in combination with some of the weapons that the Chargers have have on offense. Gotcha. So the, even though I'm an NFC guy, the AFC to me right now is. Mm-hmm. Very juicy, very interesting right now. Um, you have a lot of stories, a lot of headlines coming in with how Mahomes is playing. He's playing like no other second year. I feel like quarterback has, has played before. He's just he's just putting up so many points and showing so much poise on the center. Uh, I also think that I mean it's also I also have a soft spot for the Chiefs because Andy Reid is over there. And he was a longtime Eagles coach, so I still have a favorable uh, picture of Andy Reid in my mind of, of how, what he did for the Eagles organization. And now that he's over there, uh, so he's a great coach, you know. And I believe with a great coach, great quarterback, you can achieve big things. Just look at the Patriots and how they how they are and where they are. Um, but that that middle of the AFC picture here between the Chargers, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Ravens, um, I don't think you can get you know any juicier matchups between the, how those four teams will play out the rest of the season and see where they stack up. Um, you bring up great points about the Chargers. I mean, Phillip Rivers has been there forever. Um, he is their you know the cornerstone of that franchise. Uh, he has a lot of leadership. I, I believe that he um, he has so much experience that he's able to pass on and, and to lead, which is very important. You need to have that type of leadership if you want to make it far into the playoffs. Uh, but at the same side, you also see that amongst, you know, pretty much the rest of the teams with the Steelers. You see that with Big Ben. With the Patriots, you see that with Tom Brady. The only thing, team that I see that's, that's already in that picture that might be missing it is the Ravens. Um, what do you think of the the Ravens team and and what their chances are? Even though they have a great record, right? They're eight and six right now. Uh, they had the Chargers, of course, next coming up, and then the Cleveland Browns, um, two teams that I'm actually very high on. Mm-hmm. So, wh- how do you feel about the Ravens and how how they're going with their season and you know how they play out these next two games against the Chargers and the Browns? I mean, I think it's crazy that they're playing this well with Lamar Jackson as the QB. Um, they 
they just find ways to win. And I think a lot of that goes to John Harbaugh, uh, the head coach of the Ravens, and being able to put a system around Jackson and understanding what his limitations and what his strengths are and basically putting a like a wing T type of offense, uh, a running based offense around Lamar Jackson for him to be able to succeed, which I find really impressive. I unfortunately don't think that they're going to be that succeed in the playoffs. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of questions as whether or not they can hold up because they have the chargers, which is going to be extremely tough game for them. And then they have the Browns who are still technically in the playoff picture with, it'll be extremely difficult for them to make it, but the Browns have a feisty team that, and, they're, they're continuing to play really hard, um, especially with Mayfield, that quarterback. I think they've looked pretty impressive over the past couple of weeks. I think my team that I would keep a look eye out for um, in terms of taking that last playoff spot would mm-hmm. be the Indianapolis Colts. And that might be recency bias because of how good they looked <laughs> against the Cowboys. Yeah. But the I, it just look, kind of looks like Andrew Luck is back, and he looks like what the quarterback we wanted him to be pre-shoulder injury um, last year, and all the questions as to whether or not he'd be able to come back, um, like he did in during his like MVP like season in 2014, I believe. So he's looked particularly impressive and. They have the Giants and the Titans um, in in their last two games. So I'm looking towards the Colts as take, as possibly taking that sixth seed. But you still have the Titans that are sitting at eight and six, who have the Redskins and the Colts. You have the Dolphins sitting at seven and seven, and they have the Jaguars and the Bills. So they can finish nine, nine and seven and win out. Um, it's It's a really bunched up, tough, AFC playoff picture to kind of select and see who ends up getting that last playoff spot. And then even within like the second, third, fourth seeds, it's getting very interesting in terms of all the stuff that's been going on there as well. So I did want to talk about that second seed, talk about the Texans. They played my Jets on Saturday. Um, They ended up pulling out the win. I I was impressed with Darnold, but I don't really want to talk about the Jets because of how bad they've been um, this (laughs) this whole year. But the Texans are sitting in that second seed, and if they end up winning out against the Eagles and the Jaguars, they will get that second seed and have a bye. So they have a lot to play for. Unfortunately, I think they end up losing to to your Eagles, actually, next week. And um, they're going to kind of relinquish that control to the Patriots um, because I think the Patriots are going to beat the Bills and then kill the Jets in week 17. So I think <laughs> the Patriots end up going 2-0 um, yeah. to kind of take overtake the Texans. How do you end up yeah. seeing how, how all that stuff plays out? Yeah, you know, even as the Texans sit here right now, projected second seed, I'm not giving them any respect and I don't know I don't know what the other you know, what the other media is saying in terms of how they're ranking the Texans. I don't I don't buy that they're gonna they're gonna finish as a second seed. Um 
I think, you know, even though they have very, very talented quarterback in Deshaun Watson, uh, obviously a big-time playmaker in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I just don't, I just don't think they have the. I don't know what it's just. It's just for me they're missing something. Um, can't quite put a finger on it, but yeah, you better. They're not a they team. Don't, yeah, you <laughs> you better hope they don't show up next week against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I think it. If you're if we're breaking down this game and previewing that game for next week, I mean, there's yep. playoff implications for both sides, obviously. But my worry as an eagle, if I were an Eagle fan would be shutting down DeAndre Hopkins because of how much damage he can do against that Eagle secondary. And he's extremely talented as a, uh, as a wide receiver. He, he basically tore apart the Jets last week. Um, and I think the Jets have some of their starting caliber secondary guys. And I'd be curious to see how the Eagles match up with them in in the secondary and then whether or not Fletcher Cox can be able to contain um and that defensive line can contain Deshaun Watson and not make plays outside the pocket that's I think that's the two important matchups that I would I'd be cautioning people to look out for um if I were an Eagles fan yeah that's interesting that you bring that up because I know as much as we focus in on DeAndre Hopkins, uh, their their run game has been pretty pretty anemic. I think you know. I think Lamar Miller checked out. I think early in that game. Yeah, he uh, got. If hurt. I remember correctly, yeah, yep. he got hurt. And he was so, on my so he's out. he was on my uh, fantasy team and <laughs> costing. Yeah, and so yep. <laughs> I have him on one of my teams too, and I'm I'm out, I'm out now because of him oh, as well. I want my league. Frustrated. Yeah, yep. so he's at, he's out now. So they're not gonna you know they're not gonna get any respect running it i don't think anyone i mean alfred blue has been there for years now and, and of course he's a capable back but i don't think anyone's afraid of alfred blue um uh, no no disrespect alfred blue if, you're, if you're listening to this you know now that i know this podcast is probably getting you know more famous than out there but and um, climbing up the chart <laughs> <laughs> yeah so alfred blue man i think you're a great dude but you know we're not afraid of you in, in philadelphia so come on the podcast uh, <laughs> come on the podcast we'd love to have you uh, yeah, we can speak face-to-face. <laughs> but, um, yeah, without that run game, you know, with Lamar Miller banged up, got to come back. And, and these playoff men, every game is a hard game. And if you're not coming in, you know, no one's coming in healthy to begin with. But if you're, if you're banged up, you know, even more so than a typical uh, weekend playing, then it's – I just don't see them being able to finish that out. And, I don't know, do, do you think they'll lock up the number two seed? How, how confident – or where, where do you place them in terms of? No, I think I think the Texans will be the number three seed um, because I think the Patriots go two and zero, mm-hmm. and the Texans end up going one and one, and the Patriots have the tiebreaker over the Texans because the Patriots yep. beat the Texans earlier in the year. So I think the Patriots still get that number two seed. So I don't think the I think um, while they're sitting behind the Texans right now. I think the Patriots will end up uh, grabbing that number two seed. And speaking of the Patriots, they ended up losing to the Steelers um, mm-hmm. in in a really close game, really exciting game this weekend. I think it was one of the most like the most exciting games of the week. Plus, it had a ton of playoff in- implications and 
um, a lot of weight in terms of determining the seeding and where these guys, where which teams make the playoffs in the AFC. Um, but I think if you were listening to a lot of like talk radio on Monday and, and today, there was a lot of questions as to whether Tom Brady still has it um, and <laughs> yeah. whether he can still lead the Patriots. And I'm not counting Tom Brady out until he is basically like retired from the Patriots and doesn't make a deep playoff run um, because the Patriots are sitting at nine and five still. Um, this team's probably going to go 11 and five. Like 11 and five to be declining and be 11 and five, I'd take that any day. Take that any year. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> any day. So, yeah. So I don't think the Patriots have that much to worry about. I mean, if they lose one of the last two games, then I'd start to hit the panic button a tiny bit. But the Steelers were desperate for that win. If they didn't beat the Patriots, they would have been in huge trouble because they would have faced the Saints. Um, yep. And they, that is not looking great for the Steelers, regardless of if they won the game or lost the game. So it was really important for the Steelers to win that game. And I think they're a little bit more desperate. Um, but I thought Tom Brady was honestly going to lead the Patriots to um, that game or the game tying touchdown um, in that last possession of the game. And it seemed like towards the end, they got into third, third and 15, fourth and 15, weren't able to convert um, in the red zone. And that's what ended up costing them the game. But there are like small indications of Tom Brady just falling off a tiny bit in terms of him not being able to throw the ball downfield as much. And I, I think in the pocket, he tends to feel a lot more pressure um, than he used to. Yeah, you know, I think with Tom Brady, I'm in the same camp as you. I will never write that guy out because he is just way too mentally prepared at this point in his life for every weekend that he plays. And, you know, he shows that. And I think he, and I think from most, what most people expect as well, he, I, I, I bet he relishes all this talk about him falling off, him losing an edge, you know, him losing his dominance. I, I think this just fuels him even more. And he's just going to take it out <laughs> on, on an opponent in the next game here uh, coming up against the Bills. And then, you know, hopefully they don't beat up too bad on the Jets there. But, I, um, well, it's probably <laughs> going to happen. It's yeah, but it is it's I believe Brady's still got it. I mean, yeah, maybe he's not as he's obviously not as young as he was before in years past, but uh I mean there's just you're talking about a Hall of Famer. Everyone knows it. He's got a ring for every finger pretty much on his hand. Mm-hmm. And he's you know, he he's, he takes this very seriously obviously and he's gonna he's gonna show up to play no matter what. Um what it was interesting to me is how how the Steelers, you know, who is in their who is in their draft room because they are able to, with the demise or with the with the, however you want to take it with with Le'Veon Bell, the whole situation, and not having James Conner for last weekend either, um, them being ready to thrust in Jalen Samuels into the limelight, and him going off for 140 yards or so. Um, and just not not you know not skipping a beat there in terms of the run game and and just 
playing classic Steelers smash mouth football like that. Yeah, it was really impressive to see Jalen Samuels come in and just kind of do his thing. And it seems like the Steelers just find wide receivers on trees like James Washington. He ends up making a couple big mm-hmm. plays down the field for them as well. And they just find guys like Antonio Brown, Juju too. Juju, was in, yeah. yeah. And then James Washington. They just find these guys over the years that end up being super productive in their offense. And Big Ben was impressive. He was able to stand in the pocket and able to deliver a lot of tough throws in that game. Um, his pump fake is just unbelievable. It fakes out cameras, uh, cameramen still. Um, <laughs> I think it's like extremely impressive that they're able to come up with this huge win because I think if they lost this game, I would have been extremely nervous as a, as a Steelers fan in terms of them possibly missing the playoffs. But right. they were able to solidify themselves. And now I think it's a strong possibility that they're going to wrap up that AFC North and be the number four seed in the playoffs. But who knows, especially with the Ravens being the sixth seed still, but they're they're lurking at eight and six. Steelers at eight and five right now. Yeah, so. Yeah. It, it's it's really tough to determine because both the Ravens and Steelers have two tough games this coming week. Um, Steelers have the Saints. Ravens have the Chargers. So those are two of the top three teams in the league, I would say. And and then in the last week, Steelers have the Bengals and Ravens have the Browns. Right. They're mathematically, Bengals are, there's no way they can be in the playoffs, right? Yeah, the Bengals are out. So mm-hmm. I think I think it it'll be really tough to determine who ends up getting that number four seed and winning the AFC North. But I think I would be trusting the Steelers a little bit more just because of the veteran leadership with um with Ben Roethlisberger leading that team over Lamar Jackson. So that's just kind of who I'd be put placing my trust in. So, Mikey, before we wrap up the uh, the podcast, I did want to get your AFC playoff, I guess, prediction in terms of who you'd have ranked. Same thing that we did in the NFC. Who do you have mm-hmm. ranked one through six in the AFC? Gotcha. So, I think number one can't be denied, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, I think they're, they're playing very well. They have a great coach in Andy Reid. Um, they have a lot of weapons there, so I think – it's a no-brainer for that. Number two, I'm putting the Patriots as, as number two. Um, they they have, I think they have a very easy schedule to finish out the season. Um, they can get to 11 wins there. The Chargers have, man, I, I love I love that team. I, I love I love ta- the talent level and where they are, but they have a tough conference game against the Ravens, right? which I feel like that can go either way. I, I can't really pick a winner straight up and say the Chargers will win that. And uh, Broncos, there, I, I give them a win there possibly, but I feel better just about the Patriots getting those, those two wins. Mm-hmm. So I do have the Patriots number two, Chargers number three, and number four I give to the Steelers, and number five to the Ravens, and then number six, uh, actually, just like you, I uh, had the Colts there, right? That's where you put put them as well. Right. 
Yeah, I had the Colts there at number six. Even though I would love to see, love to see the Browns pull off, you know, win out, and then have a scenario play out their way so they can get in. Um, but I think it's great that that they've improved so much from last season. I think they have a lot to be excited about in Baker Mayfield and how they're playing. Yeah, and, it's, you know, it's kind of it'd be shocking. Great to see. It's kind of shocking. You would think like, oh, the two and thirty something coach and Hugh Jackson would bring them to the promised land, and then once they change that, they just reel off like five games in a row yeah. or whatever. Like the fact that they were thinking about keeping Hugh Jackson after he went, he won two games in the past two and a half or three, three years, years. Yeah, is <laughs> extremely shocking. And thank, thankfully for Browns fans, they were able to let him go. Um, for me, I mean, I have the Chiefs at number one. Um, I have the Patriots at two. And then at three, I have the Texans. Um, and then at number four, I have the Steelers. Five, I have the Chargers because they they can't be in the top four seeds, obviously, because they can't win the, win the division. Um, so they'd be at number five for me. And then that sixth seed for me is the Colts. Um, I explained my reasoning before, but I just trust Andrew Luck a little bit more than Lamar Jackson. So that's some of my, that's the reasoning behind that for myself. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how that AFC playoff picture shakes out because I, we didn't even really touch on the Titans or the Dolphins, but they both have shots at making yeah. that, making a run at that six seed as well. So who knows what ends up happening, but I'm just extremely excited to watch football on Saturday and Sunday and find out what happens. Yeah, that AFC, that whole conference right there in terms of the playoff picture, it's, it's like splitting hairs, especially when you're talking about, you know, any team with the number three ranked seed through the six ranked seed. Uh, it, it's all just so close right there. More, way more exciting, I feel like, to watch that, that play out. That, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting exciting to see how that play, plays out and before I let you go Mikey um, there's one topic I did want to touch upon that I didn't we didn't you know I didn't talk, talk to you before we were recording the podcast but what was fascinating to me is in a couple weeks there's that term called Black Monday where mm-hmm. there's firing of coaches left and, and right, yeah. left and right, all of this type of stuff. I I think as a Jets fan, I kind of needed to bring my Jets into this podcast. So as a Jets <laughs> fan, I think Todd Bowles is going to get let go at the end of the season, or at least I hope he does because of some of the struggles. Who would you hire as a coach? if you were leading the Jets um, with some of the guys that could possibly be out, out there, there. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh might be out, might be fired from the Ravens if they don't make the playoffs. Um, we talked about Dirk Cutter maybe losing his job. Um, Mike McCarthy's already lost his job. Um, there's Josh McDaniels, who's offense. The, the Pats, there's a, a whole host of off, uh, of, I guess, um, candidates. Potential John candidates, D- yeah. Right. John D. Filippo, who was the QB coach for the Eagles last year. Yep, yep. He's, he just got let he, go, yeah. He got let go by the Vikings. So who would you put 
as a possible front runner for the Jets' uh, head coaching job. Man, so that's tough because the only coach out there that I would want that that doesn't have a job right now in coaching at least is what Bruce Arians. I'd say um, he's the man that I would want if he could somehow lure him out. Um, I I love what he did with the Cardinals franchise. I love what he did when he took over the reins uh, in, in Indianapolis for a bit while um, I forget the name of the coach who was, he was uh, having cancer treatment at that time. Chuck Pagano. Yep. Chuck, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chuck Pagano. Um, so I think I think Bruce Arians is is a great coach and I, and I would and I think he's you know I think he's waiting for the right opportunity in terms of where he wants to be and what organization would he wants to rally around him. But in, just in terms of being real, I don't I don't think you know I don't think any team unless they give him significant leverage will be able to, to lure him out of retirement. But a coach out there, I don't know how hot it is right now for for John Harbaugh, but after this season because they're kind of finding some success again. Uh, over there in Baltimore, but I think if he was out, he would be the guy that I would want. Um, yeah. I think he, I think he has a great reputation and a great, uh, great tenure for understanding the system. And just like you said, I think speaking about Lavar Jackson, kind of putting together a game plan or putting together an offense around the limitation and the strength of who he has on his roster. So I think he would be the guy I would want to get if he's out. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm a, like, as a Jets fan, I'd really like to see an offensive type of coach growing with Sam Darnold. Um, That's interesting. I didn't, yeah. That's I, I didn't even, I didn't even think of the Bruce Arians coach uh, possibility, but I would love to get Bruce Arians if that were a possibility, if we were able to just throw a bunch of money at him, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not my money, so just throw a bunch of money at him. Um, so if we were, if I had to rank them, it'd probably be some combination of Bruce Arians, John Harbaugh, then Mike McCarthy as as the coaching candidates that I would love to hire um, as a Jets fan. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. Um, and I'm just kind of curious what the playoff picture looks like at the end of week 16, at the end of this week. Um, so I just want to thank you, Mikey, for coming on to the podcast uh, this week, and we'll see how those Eagles do uh, for the remainder of the season. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm hoping for some big points, and yeah, this was fun, just like always, and just, just talking sports and, and how you cover everything in between. So appreciate the opportunity. Sounds good. And listeners, just be on the lookout for um, football podcasts for the the rest of the season going into the playoffs. We'll we'll be covering it, covering the playoffs as well. We'll also talk about uh, Premier League. Obviously, huge news today. Jose ended up getting fired by Man U. So mm, there's all that. Mm-hmm. There's all. Uh, going on as well and then we're going to also throw in a basketball podcast coming out uh, later this week as well so thanks for listening guys thanks Mikey for coming on the podcast and uh, definitely uh, give our podcast a listen thanks guys